Hello, and welcome into another edition of Not Just Another Sports Podcast. It is March 16th, and we are speaking at 7.42 p.m. I say that because the NFL free agency bonanza is underway, and things could constantly be changing. I'll have Twitter up. I'll be refreshing. I got all the push notifications you could ever want. And here to do a full hour on the Royals trade for, or the Royals signing, Zach Greinke. And also trading for Amir Garrett is Christian Ainsworth. Yeah, guys. So I think it was a pretty good, pretty good signing. Um, I honestly, I have no idea the value of, of either of those guys <laughs> you just talked about. But yeah, here to talk, hopefully some Chiefs free agency, although there hasn't been very much action there, has there? Yeah, I, considering that technically MLB free agency started around November or December, and the fact that they've made as many moves as the Chiefs have made, in this time span, I'm not sure who that's more of an indictment on. I think we expected more from the Chiefs, but also the Royals have had a lot of time, but there also was a lockout in there. Nonetheless, we will not spend our time talking about a left-handed reliever named Amir Garrett. I will save that for someone who wants for a, a more dead time than right now. NFL free agency is off and going. Um, I let's Let's try to do what we normally do. Let's talk a little bit broad and then get a little bit more zeroed in on the Chiefs. What is your biggest takeaway from NFL free agency thus far? Um, the guys were going to be a lot, or the guys are cheaper than I thought they were going to be. Like, I expected Vaughn to sign a big deal. I didn't expect Chandler Jones to get, what, what is it, like a little over, I think it's like 13 mil per year. Like, that, that's cheap for for a pass rusher of his caliber. And also that the Chiefs maybe don't have as much money as we thought they were going to have, right? Like, man, I know a lot of people that were expecting the shoe to drop today, and it would be like Tyreek Hill extension, Orlando Brown signs an extension, uh, Thune, Kelsey, and Hill restructure, and Patrick Mahomes restructures his deal, and we have $80 million in cap. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So what about you? What have you kind of kind of noticed? Well, I, I think – Probably the biggest takeaway I have is, and I mean, I, I think that this has always been true, but as someone who's now on the other side of the fence, like for the longest time, the Chiefs were kind of, you know, you had to convince someone to want to sign in Kansas City. Then for the longest time, we started saying like, you know, people are going to take less to sign with the Chiefs or these contenders. I, I know that this is supposed to be broad, but to me, just in general, not just the Chiefs, it's very clear that the money talks the most. And there have been several players that have surprised me with where they have went, like Chandler Jones and some of these other players that, you know, you thought were going to really want to go to a contending team. And instead, they just kind of went to the highest bidder. Um, you know, some of that's changed a little bit. One thing that I do think is really important since the last time we've talked, Tom Brady's come out of retirement. We don't need to literally talk about Tom Brady any more than I can possibly stand. But um, thank God he finally got some airtime and some people are finally talking about Tom Brady. But that does add, you know, it does take what would have been, you know, maybe a 500 level team into a Super Bowl contender on the NFC. So that does add some intrigue because, you know, the NFC was almost a two, you know, a two team race. One thing that I found super interesting, and this just speaks to the league in general, our buddy Taylor Witt, fellow coworker of mine, and um, over at uh, It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom podcast, um, 
he tweeted out this just uh, about an hour ago. He calculated all of the free agency dollars per the AFC and the NFC. The AFC, actually, let's start with the NFC. The NFC has spent $338.8 million in, in free agency. Sounds like a lot of money. The AFC, $1.13 billion in free agency dollars. They have spent not double, not triple, closer to quadruple the amount of free agency dollars than the NFC. The AFC is an absolute brick house, man. And I mean, you know, I don't blame the Chiefs for this. I don't blame any team for this. It's just kind of how the cards fell. But I mean, why anybody would be trying to go to the AFC, cough, cough, Russell Wilson, um, you know, is beyond me. I, I don't know. But I mean, that's my biggest takeaway. It's just these players, they are picking teams that are going to pay them the most money. And these teams that are paying the most money, it is predominantly the AFC. Yeah. And can we talk about how Tom Brady is still the luckiest man in football? Like he thinks about retiring for about three weeks and then decides, you know what, I'll, I think I'll come back. And then everybody moves to the AFC in Mahomes' conference. It's like insane to watch him essentially have a cakewalk to the NFC title game for the third year in a row. Well, I'll shout out the Broncos fans who spent the last borderline two years saying, Rodgers isn't afraid of coming to a division with Herbert and Mahomes. Why would he be afraid? He's a two-time MVP. Well, okay, he may not be afraid. Like, I don't think he's checking in his closet at night for those two guys, but he would be an idiot. Like, come on. Like, you know, you brought up that Tom Brady is lucky. Yes, I, I agree. But also, he's smart. He read the tea leaves. He saw that the NFC was starting to fall apart. He saw that, you know, and he saw that the he picked a good team to pick in the book. Bucks. They were a ready-made contender. They had basically been tanking for years and had all this great talent that was cheap. I mean, he's smart. Um, so I, I don't, I don't blame him for that. Um, you know, and, and one thing that I do think is important, there, there's definitely been some surprising signings and some teams that have really popped off some ways, some in a good way, some in a bad way. Um, but one thing I do think is remember is that like, you know, there's always a free agency winner in baseball, in football, in the NBA. And a lot of times those teams don't always pan out. It doesn't always work. Now, I think this year has some exceptions, but like, you know, the Jaguars are like the scene in the dark night where the Joker just lights that pile of money on fire. That's basically what they're doing for players like Zay Jones and, um, oh, who, who is the Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, I do not get that. Like uh, Matt Verderham said this really well. Yeah, the, um, the, the Jaguars have improved their offense. That is a true statement. Also, whenever you play a team that has a good player, you, you know, your defensive coordinator is staying up at night trying to think about how we're going to guard Travis Kelsey. Um, who on the Jags is scaring you right now? Like, oh, no, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones or LaVishka Chenault. No one's, no one's worried about that, you know? So, I, you know, that just let's stay level-headed a little bit here about – crowning a champion this far into free agency but um what was probably one of the bigger signings that surprised you like a player who went somewhere that you weren't expecting honestly Chandler Jones to the Raiders was kind of a surprise like I thought that he would want to sign with a contender I know that he stated that earlier in the offseason 
but like why the Raiders though? Why why did he have to come to the the AFC West? Like there there were plenty of teams that he could have gone to and made an impact. The Bills, I mean, I know that they got Vaughn and that was a little bit surprising too, but man, I I just figured that he would have signed with I I'm not going to say the Chiefs because I wanted him to, but like any contender in the AFC, go to the Chargers. They're looking for defensive line help. Like there are plenty of places that he could have gone. And, and done very, very well that weren't the worst team in a loaded division. Yeah, I so that, that one's pretty surprising to me as well. I do think that um, the Raiders always kind of have a little bit extra boost when it comes to free agency for two reasons. I mean, they're one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. They're one of the few teams that you see a jersey and you instantly kind of have an assumption about that player like if you're a raider you know you're just nasty you're you're gritty you're tough you're you're you know the 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 autumn wind is a pirate like you can hear the poem in your head of all that it, it, it and then you throw in vegas and the new stadium it makes sense and you know again i assume chandler jones was also about the dollar signs too and that did not that did not hurt either um now therefore that that whole sequence was kind of crazy actually because there for about three seconds, I was sitting here thinking, my God, do the Raiders have the best pass rush in the NFL? Because they were going to have Ngakwe, Williams, and Chandler Jones. Now, he did um, – they, they moved him for Rakyasin, which is interesting. I, I know that a lot of people thought of him highly coming out of the draft. He had an injured season where he didn't play much. But, um, yeah, that, that, that whole thing was interesting. Mine – this surprised me in two ways. One, I expected another player to go to this team. And two, it's not a move that this type of team makes very often. And it was Marcus Williams to the Ravens. First off, I think everyone had Tyron Matthew penciled in to go to the Ravens. And I think that made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And, you know, there was that connection with the LSU players, just quite a few LSU players. Um, and then also it surprised me because the, the Ravens are usually a pretty heady organization and Marcus Williams is kind of a limited player. Um, you know, he, he's more of an in the box guy. He's not a big cover safety um, five years, 70 million for him. Compare that to what the chiefs did for Tyron Matthew three for 41 a couple years ago, or what they did for Jordan Reed. I mean, or Justin Reed, excuse me, that uh, kind of surprising for me. I didn't, I did not see that. And I, I thought that that was going to be, Matthew's destination. So that was kind of surprising on two fronts. Um, what team, I, I think this is probably easy for us to say, but what team have you been the most impressed by in free agency thus far? Honestly, the Chargers. I mean, they, they got so many playmakers. JC Jackson, they got the Khalil Mack trade. I was hoping the Chiefs would do. Uh, and they're going to have a good draft. They always have a great draft. So I'm kind of uh melting that into to my decision here but dude they just got so many killers and they might even have tyron matthew they, they might even go out and sign tyron matthew which is absolutely something tyron matthew would do like oh i could go to the steelers for more money or i could give a middle finger back to the team that didn't offer me a contract extension so i mean they they are going to be a tough out this year and right now i think they probably well i'll, I'll save that for later I'll say that. Well, yeah, I do. I do think I agree with you that the Chargers are de definitely have to be a big favorite. 
one thing that I thought they did really well um, with their free agency is that I think that they went and got guys. I love the way that they put together the team. The first year they found out what they could find out about Herbert. Then they focused on the offense. They went and got the center from Green Bay. They, you know, locked up Mike Williams. They got Keenan Allen taken care of. They, you know, got Austin Eckler on a new deal. They drafted uh, a franchise left tackle. They really got that offense settled. And now they're investing in the defense. Because we've seen it takes a lot to get a good defense together. It's not a one or two player thing. You can have elite players and have a crappy defense. Literally the Chargers last year were that team. But yeah, I mean, I, I love what they've done, combining some old and some new players. And, you know, they've invested in the pass rush. The thing that I thought they did well, too, is the underrated signing is Sebastian Joseph Day, that defensive tackle, because they could not stop the run for anything last year. That's going to allow that him and some of the other guys that they'll probably add on the inside. I think almost everyone has them taking that defensive tackle. Um, I think Jordan, what is his last name? Jordan Phillips. Um uh, Everyone has them taking him. He will shore up that defense and allow them to kind of play that they, the way that they want to play. There was a lot of talk about how their head coach's system wasn't really fitting the defense coming over from the Rams to the Chargers. And I think Brandon Staley's system will fit better with these players this year. So, yeah, the Chargers are one that are impressing me. Uh, I am actually going to go over to the Bills. Recently, they just signed Von Miller. And that's actually the least impressive signing that they've had. I know that, you know, Von Miller's the big splash play, play, and I do think he gives them something that they've not had on the pass rush side for a while. But I, I really like the O.J. Howard signing because don't forget, Dawson Knox has taken a big step forward at tight end. And we've seen in these games, literally in the Chiefs-Bills game, it's the fourth and fifth guys that get you in these big games, man. And you know, O.J. Howard's just going to be wide open one time in an important game for the Bills. Everyone's going to wonder, what the hell? And he's athletic. He does some pretty good things. They've made some good moves along the offensive line. They've gotten rid of some old weight with Daryl Williams. They added Roger Saffold um, on a one-year deal. They've added some two defensive tackles, Tim Settle, da- Daquan Jones. Both those guys are going to shore up the interior there. They still have um, – <clears throat> Oh, what's his name? The defensive tackle that was drafted out of Houston. It'll come to me in a second. Uh, so they have some good players on the interior. Obviously, Von Miller. They also locked, locked up Isaiah McKenzie before uh, before he got to free agency. I like what they're doing. I think that they are dinking and dunking and adding to what is an already really good roster. They were trying to add J.D. McKissick. It looks like that fell through a little bit. But, you know, you look at the players that they let go, um, you know, they released A.J. Klein, John Feliciano, Jake Kumaro. They re-signed. Daryl Williams was re-signed. Oh, and they extended Mitch Morris uh, for two years, 19 million, 19 and a half million. So really good cap management there. They've put themselves in a place that they can, you know, they've shown that they're a Super Bowl contender. And right now they're the Super Bowl favorite. And I think part of that is, is because they have a stroll to the, you know, number one seed coming up. So some interesting moves being made is there any one that you think is just absolutely making a huge mistake who's the one team that's really screwed up this free agency period well besides the jags i I, we talked about them a a little bit before the podcast came on they're giving a whole lot of money to a, a bunch of guys that aren't really that good other than that though i mean there haven't really been any teams really there haven't 
been that many signings where you, you're kind of scratching your head besides maybe the Von Miller signing that six year deal to a, to a 32 year old player that, that kind of is maybe not the smartest, but other than that, the, the Jags are just handing out money. I, I don't know what they're going to do in the next two years when all they, when they realize all their players are kind of just, you know, average level players that they're resetting the market for. So, but the Jags are going to be the Jags. So, you know, I'm sure they will be right where they are right now, which is at the bottom of their division. So I have a sneaky one, one that a lot of team people probably wouldn't do this with, but mine's the 49ers. And here's why we've yet to see what's going to happen with the Jimmy G trade. I think that they're probably waiting for the, um, Deshaun Watson shoot a drop so that way the other team can kind of come and pick up the pieces. I, I think that Shavarius Ward will actually play really well in that system because they're kind of uh, kind of like the Chiefs a little bit in the sense that they don't ask as much from their corners as other teams. But they have done nothing besides signing Shavarius Ward and releasing um, a no-name player in Conventius Street, which is the first time I've heard this name. They are in their Mahomes window. They've already taken a year off from Trey Lance, the player that they moved up all those picks to go get, and they're sitting here with Jimmy G. They need to be doing the thing that the Chargers are doing right now, the thing that the Chiefs did a couple years ago. We should hear another playmaker be going to the 49ers. They should be loading up on the defense, and they're doing virtually nothing. I haven't examined their cap situation enough to know really what's going on, but to me, this is their window. And, yes, you know, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Obviously, we know that they Debo Samuel's a superstar wide receiver, but like, man, come on. Like, you've got to double down on this. You've got to get, you've got to have some action. The Rams are coming back to the pack just by nature of their cap situation and the Super Bowl and everything. The Seahawks are borderline tanking. You've got the, you've got an opportunity there. The Cardinals, you know, Kyler Murray's instagram pictures are always a big deal i don't know like this the opportunity is there for the 49ers and i just hope to see a lot more action from them and it's not even that they're not doing anything it's that it doesn't even seem like they're players like you haven't really heard their name around any offensive playmaker or defensive playmaker i mean you know like chandler jones how good would he look on the other side of nick bosa right now yeah i mean that that's kind of a sneaky team. I, I didn't think that you were going to say the 49ers. I haven't really whole, heard their name a whole lot either this off season. Like, have they really even been tied to any, any notable free agents? I don't think so. And that might kind of tell you how they're feeling about Trey Lance and, and where they think they are with his progression into the starting quarterback position. Like, I think that if they really, really thought that Trey Smith was not Trey Smith, Trey, Trey Lance was going to be who they thought he was going to be. And they showed him enough last year, then they would be all in. I mean, you see teams like the Chargers, um, to a lesser extent, the Bears going all in on these, these quarterbacks that they have on rookie deals. And for whatever reason, they're, they're just not pulling the trigger on that. So yep, they could be a sneaky, sneaky team to, to either not make the, well, they're going to make the playoffs NFC, but maybe not go as far as they they might have if they would have signed anybody of note this offseason yeah for sure um okay so 
I think, you know, there, there's still a lot of really good players who have not signed. And I, I do think that the NFL free agency is going to start happening more like baseball free agency. Now, there's an MLB lockout that comes into play here this year. But one of the best players in baseball, Chris Bryant, just signed. And, like, spring training's underway. And baseball's become that way. Bryce Harper took forever to sign. Garrett Cole took forever. Like, more and more free agency is stretched out because teams are realizing they're overspending. And so they're kind of waiting until the last minute to fi- figure out what the bottom dollar they can pay is. There's a lot of good players left. And I'm telling you, sometimes some of the best signings happen in the second wave. And I, it doesn't matter what team you root for. I do think that any team with smart management can definitely pick up the pieces here of what's remaining of free agency and piece together a great free agency class. However, um, I do think that it is time that we start engaging in Chiefs conversation about how their free agency is going. You know, it's bad whenever I feel like I have to be the optimistic person, which is kind of how it's been on Twitter here lately. I mean, is the sky falling, Christian? I guess we should just ask the question. Is the sky falling? Are the Chiefs done? Is it over? No, but kind of, maybe. There's a little bit of gray area there. Like, here's the thing. I don't think that the Chiefs were necessarily where we thought they were going to be. If you took this offseason from the moment Veach said we're going to reinvest and completely redo the defensive line, like if, if you took it from starting then to right now, you would say that this offseason is an absolute failure. We've signed, we failed to sign any pass rushers of note. We restructured Frank Clark. We didn't even bring Ingram back. So, like, there not only has there not been like a progression, we, we haven't upgraded at all. We also haven't even gotten back to where we were during the season. So, as far as that goes, that's awful. Um, I, I really kind of hate how that's going, but also. The Jaron Reed signing was like a sneaky, really, really good signing. Like he's a guy that can can't come in and he can't do everything that Tyron Matthew can do, but he can do about 90% of it. And if we can get that with a younger guy who's a little bit bigger, who likes to follow through with his tackles, I think that that's perfect. I mean, you got him and Juan back there. I think that that would be a perfect starting safety group. Um, still kind of need a third guy, but you know, we'll see where we're at. Do you think this was a, this was as bad of a failure as Twitter would lead you to believe? So I'm going to talk on two different points here from pretty much the remainder of the podcast. One of the points that I'm going to make is nothing is settled yet. We've already talked about that. I'm not ready to start talking about who's going to win what division or whatever until the draft is over, until free agency is over, until we're pretty close to playing games, we're in the preseason, because you never know what significant injury is going to happen as well. Also, on that same side of the fence, it is still entirely possible that the Chiefs come in here and go quantity over quality and pick up the pieces and sign some of these guys to one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal, and put together what could be a really good roster. You know, it's not a finished product. On the other side of the fence, this is something that the Chiefs and the Chiefs fans have signed themselves up for. The bill always comes due. Look, I knew people were dumb about the salary cap, but I just realized how dumb they were whenever people were pounding their chest 
about the New Orleans Saints creating $80 million of cap space in the last couple of days because of the potential Deshaun Watson, Watson sweepstakes. Have you seen the exodus that has happened from the Saints roster the last two years? We're forgetting there's lots of good, you know, Trey Hendrickson last, left last year. There are many good players that have left that team because they are in cap hell. And then they let two more good ones walk out the door this year. They have no quarterback. They have no wide receiver except for a guy who hasn't played in over two years. Even some of their decent playmate, you know, decent playmakers have walked out that door. To be pounding your chest and saying, look at what the Saints did. The Saints are an AAF team right now. They're an XFL team, borderline. You know, like that's not the team to be sitting there and being like, look, look at the success. Look at it. And you want to, you know, the Packers might be a good, a better choice in how they've cleared up space, but they've let a lot of really good guys walk. And right now, Devontae Adams says, says he's not playing under the tag. So they still got to figure that out. And they just gave, you know, Rodgers a huge deal. He's obviously deserving. But, man, I these decisions, and this is the mistake that people make. Everyone, everyone, you know, and we do this too, you know, that was 2019. This year's 2020. It's way different. Oh, there's a pandemic. Oh, this is 2021. You know, we think things year by year. But the decisions that are impacting the Chiefs right now, they made years ago. Continually converting Travis Kelsey's salary signing bonus, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones. The, the way that they've shifted and maneuvered money is coming back to hit them now, where they're over the cap and they have, you know, borderline 20, 25 players on the roster right now. Yes, there's still a draft where they'll add several players, but that is coming back to bite them. People keep thinking that, oh, the cap is flexible. Oh, the cap is flexible. It's flexible in a year, but the bill always comes due. And whenever you're getting to the point that there's 17, 18, 19, 20 players and you're over the cap, that becomes a problem. That's where you start getting to that point where below replacement level players are getting snaps because there's no one else to fill the holes. Now, what the Chiefs are trying to do and what the Rams tried to prove was that we can have stars so bright that it'll cover up the holes that are there from these below replacement level players. But if you want to talk about why the Chiefs aren't signing Von Miller or aren't signing Chandler Jones or Zadarius Smith or whoever, whatever player you want to talk about right now, you are talking about decisions that were made last year. Whatever you all cried to build the Great Wall of China offensive line for some reason after the Chiefs just went to the Super Bowl with like chum buckets at the offensive line position how's that joe tooney deal looking right now he's a great player he played well this year but what what has it got you nothing boy i'm sure glad we've got a lockdown left guard this year how about a pass rusher how about a corner you know like you know and i i hate doing this because i think the justin reed signing was a great signing. That was one of the most encouraged, that whole sequence with them and Tyron Matthew was one of the most encouraging sequences I have seen from the Chiefs in quite some time. They walked on a player that they were romantic about in Tyron Matthew, a guy that they voted MVP two out of the last three years to the team. They let him walk. They found him an aging player. They didn't offer him a deal. And they went and signed someone younger with a great athletic profile that they're betting on the upside on. I liked all those things. Those really encouraging. So I hate doing this. And again, I'm not declaring it over, but man, the AFC is a house. 
it is an absolute monster right now. And it's the little teams getting better too. The Jets have quietly had a really good offseason. Now, do I think the Jets, Jets are going to scare the Chiefs? No. But look at what the Broncos have done. Look at what the Chargers have done. Look at what the Bills have done. Look at what the Ravens have done. The, you know, the, uh, the Bengals own the Chiefs at this point, and they've shored up their biggest weakness. I, man, I, I just don't know how there's any way you can look at the situation right now and be super optimistic. I'm going to cut myself short here because I could go on for another 20 minutes, but Christian, you deserve to have a word. Okay. I've been patient. I waited and I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'll go into kind of what I'm feeling with this whole thing. How do you feel about the rumors about us going after Lyle Collins, the right tackle that were for the Cowboys? Cause I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but I, I just want to hear you say it. Well, I mean, it, my answer is always going to be, what it would be to almost any player other than another quarterback or something. It's always going to be at what cost, you know, if we're talking law, you know, law L Collins for 5 million one year, I'm all in baby. That sounds great. But if we're talking some three or four or five year deal where we're talking, you know, 30, 40 million guaranteed, I'm out, you know, cause that's just not where the chiefs can afford to invest right now. And I understand that we love to have a great line, and they certainly have made some improvements on it, but you know, we're only two or three years away from talking about an extension for Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. It comes fast. And I do think that, you know, we've been, there's continuous reporting about an extension for Tyree Kill. I do think that that is coming, which will free up some cap space, but yeah, man, I, if the price is right, sure. But I'm not interested in winning a bidding war for a right tackle. See, and, and I figured you'd be in the hell no camp, which is which is where I'm at at this point. Um, so with the cap being what it is, and I'll push back on you a little bit with this idea that, you know, the Chiefs have kind of pigeonholed themselves and put them in such a bad position that they can't, you know, really maneuver how they want to. There's plenty of moves that they could make and they could restructure Patrick Mahomes again. Since the cap is going up, you know, it'll it'll be probably OK. The problem comes with all of the free agents that we've signed or trades that we've made in the past. And you, you look at guys like we talked about this before the show, what were the three big ones that they, they made that, that off season where they were going for broke, they signed Tyron Matthew, they signed Frank, they traded for Frank Clark and they signed Anthony Hitchens and Sammy Watkins. I forgot about Sammy Watkins. Only one of those guys really panned out in Tyron Matthew. And he played really, really well here. And, you know, he'll probably have a good two or three years of his career somewhere else. But the point is you've got to hit on those guys. You, you can't trade a second round, a first round pick for a guy who is going to be a cap casualty in two or three years. You can't sign a line, middle linebacker. That's going to give you below level production for more than the average salary of the position. Like those are mistakes you can't make. Same thing with Sammy Watkins. We knew he was going to be injured. We signed him to a big deal anyway, and he played for about half the games he was supposed to play. And what I'm afraid is going to happen is we're, is we're making those same mistakes again. And, and we've made those mistakes with guys like Orlando Brown, who is a very good left tackle. He, you know what? He, he's above average. He wants to reset the market. Is that a good idea? We talked about that last week. No, you, I don't think you could pay Orlando Brown to reset the market. Now, Tyree Kill, I think you could pay. 23, 24 mil per year. And that would be a good signing, but you also can't pay 
Joe Tooney, the top, you, you can't pay him the most for a guard in the league and him not be attacked. Like, I, I don't understand how you can invest that type of money in a guard when you have needs at both tackles. And it, granted, it was a different time. We didn't know we were going to get Creed or Trey Smith in the draft. So you can kind of excuse that a little bit. But the, the cap situation that the Chiefs are in right now is not one that other teams are coveting. Like, we could have signed Vaughn Miller if we really wanted to. But we would have had to restructure three contracts and given two people an, ex- an extension for more than they were probably worth. And you know, we'll let the Bills make that six-year mistake, but who at this point can the Chiefs go after in free agency and make a real impact? Like, I, I was going through the names. Like, Stephon Gilmore, okay, yeah, he's he's an aging cornerback that can come in and, and get some snaps for you, but how long is he going to last, and how much money is he going to ask for? That That's going to be a pretty pretty big contract, I would imagine, at least 10, 10 mil per. Tyron Matthew, I think the door's shut on him. Jadavion Clowney, not really a, as good of an option as you'd hoped you would have gotten Melvin Ingram. Yeah. He provided pass rush last year. He also, as you talked about before we even came on here, we're not even sure he's going to sign before mini camp starts. So the, you can't solidify this defensive line in the ways that you said you were going to with the cap situation that you're in now. And we're kind of in this position where we need good guys. We can't afford to, to draft them and and roll a dice and see if they end up actually being somebody who can contribute to a, a, a productive defensive line. And we don't really have the cap situation to go out and trade for a veteran guy who is on a different team. Like we, well, I'll just say like we did for Frank Clark, like where you, you go out and sign a guy that's productive, that's about to get a big deal and sign him to a huge extension like I don't, I don't think they're in a position where they can do that like who who can they trade for Montez Sweat I think he had like five sacks last year seven sacks last year so he's you might get a productive guy I really doubt with all the spinning that the Jags have been doing that Josh Allen is going to be on the table like who at this point can the Chiefs go get on the defensive line and who can they trade for or sign in free agency that's going to make a big impact? And I don't really see anybody. I think all those trades have been made. So well, I, I'm I, not really sure where we go from here. Well, I I do not think that the Chiefs can get into, especially the way the free agency has gone, I do not think that they can get into the business of trading the 30th pick or a package of picks even worse. Because that that's my that's my worst nightmare is that they see all this and they go, you know what we need to do? We need to go make another Frank Clark trade. Let's go get, you know, insert player here who's on the last year of their deal. Like, you know, so many people on Chiefs Twitter have tried to do it with Josh Allen from the Jags. God, no, that that they cannot do that again. They can absolutely not do that. They have to maximize those picks and try to get as much value as they can. So that way they are not in this hole that they're in. And I think one thing that you were talking about there, there's two different stories that we're talking about here right now. I don't necessarily, especially when we come to the pass rushers, Hassan Reddick is the one that hurts me the most because that's a very doable year. I believe it was like three years, 40 millions, $40 million. And he's a guy, when you look at some of the sacks over the last two years, he's one of the leaders. And I, I would have loved him. 
Um, and I think that would have been a really great deal. That was a great signing by the Eagles. But also, this isn't always just about the Chiefs. Should the Chiefs sign this player? Or would I have liked it if the Chiefs have done that deal? The other part of this is, is the other teams who are direct competitors of the Chiefs continually getting better and the Chiefs aren't. And that's, that's one thing that's part of the issue. Uh, Patriots were always really good about this, especially in the season, whenever there was some guy who would come available via cut or something, they'd go grab them partially to get them and then partially to keep them away from some of the other teams. It felt like they did that all the time, with, you know, veteran players that were available before the trade deadline. The problem with this is you're right. I, you know, if the Chiefs just signed the Von Miller deal, we'd be pretty excited, but we'd also be like, man, that deal is scary. I don't know about that deal. And he's 33. But also the Bills got better by a lot today in a place that they've kind of hurt in the pass rush for quite some time. And the Chiefs didn't. And the Ravens got better today by signing Zedaria Smith. And the Broncos and the chart, like, you know, the list goes on and on of teams that are direct competitors to the Chiefs. And, you know, what happened? Not that I think this is going to happen because we're 90% sure that it's going to be the AFC. But what if Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns? This time last year, we were talking about the Browns as a potential Super Bowl team. That roster is fantastic. They had an elite quarterback like Deshaun Watson. That's going to be another obstacle in the Chiefs' way. So, um, yeah, I. That, that's the hard part about this is that we want to sit here and say that, oh, you know, maybe this isn't as big of a deal as it is, but it is a big deal. Every team, not while the Chiefs are getting worse, which they are right now, every team's getting better. Not every team. A lot of teams that they're directly competing with. You know, it was interesting to see the, Bron the Raiders finally dive in and kind of make a free agency move because I think that, you know, it was going to be kind of telling to see, are they going to just throw in the towel after seeing how the Raiders and the Chargers have gone all in and where the Chiefs have been the last couple of years. But they, you know, the, the move that they made today kind of showed, no, we're, we're still here and we're still, you know, trying to make plays. So it's really, really interesting. Um, I guess the question is now is where do they go from here? The actual on paper, because I do think that it's interesting, good to put this into context the actual on the paper moves that the chiefs have done so far they franchise tagged orlando brown they re-signed michael burton they signed justin reed they re-signed chad henney there's been some smaller ones like i think uh jody fortson's back i think you know i'm trying to remember there was one other deandre player. baker DeAndre DeAndre baker back. andrew wiley is back mm -hmm. um very michael small burton. Yeah, all low-level moves, but for the most part, you know, that, that's it. There's Where do you think that they need to go from here? Do they need to just start trying to – and let's be reasonable here. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to say, like, okay, well, why don't they just sign, like, three or four bottom-tier or lower-level guys and, you know, do this, but within reason of their cap, where do they go from here? So I think that there's a few options that they, that they could pursue. There's still guys like, man, I'm, I'm looking through here, JPP. He might be able to come in and, and give you some meaningful reps, but he's going to be a pass rusher only. There, there really is no other good defensive line, defensive end player that's, that's still available. So I think you need to go secondary at this point. If they're not planning on making a trade, if, you know, if they're going to come in and, and try to, 
make that defense even just a little bit better. I think that you go for maybe Landon Collins as like a Sorensen role if you don't want to bring him back. Although at this point, they, they might end up bringing Sorensen back just because he knows the defense um, and, and then your bodies. So also, I mean, we're still kind of in on this whole wide receiver two thing, right? Like, I mean, I guess we're in on Allen Robinson still. He hasn't really made a decision. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, and that, that's one thing that we could do that would make a lot of sense is make that offense so elite. Just make, make Juju, you know what, sign Allen Robinson and Juju and say, beat us, outscore us. See, if, you can, if you can outscore us, then we have four incredible receiving options on the field, and Miko Hardman is our wide receiver four, just try to keep up and see what happens. We've got a great offensive line. We've got a pretty good running back. See if you can do it. And you know what? That might be what they do. At, at this point, they might just say, you know what? We've missed out on everybody else. Allen Robinson, we're going to give you 15 mil a year. Come on, bud. Like, get ready for the ride, and we'll see, see what we can do. But other than that, I, I, I'm just going to run through the names of some of these guys. Tyron Matthew, I don't think you bring him back. Um, Dante Fowler Jr., he hasn't really done a whole lot. You know, Calais Campbell, he's 35. Stephon Gilmore, 31. Like, it, there's not really a whole lot of guys that are still out there that can make an immediate impact when you bring them in here. And I, I guess I'd like Ingram back. We could re-sign Ingram, but that wouldn't be improving. We said we were going to improve. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you a little bit that I think some of the answers might be in some of the pieces that they're picking up off the ground, you know, the, the pieces that other teams have left behind. I do agree that the offense is definitely probably the side that they need to shade, shade to a little bit more. The, to me, the biggest glaring need is obviously still the pass rush. I do think that there are some players on the interior that can um, – you know, add some interest. We're also forgetting that uh, the Broncos signed Randy Gregory. Um, I forgot about that. That was a good signing. Um, you know, I, I, Jason Pierre-Paul is not a bad name. Dante Fowler Jr. was a guy that a lot of people thought of uh, a couple years ago. He was highly thought of in the draft. Um, you know, that, that kind of ends the list. You know, Justin Houston, we'll talk about that again for some reason, like we do every year. He's clearly not coming back. Um, Solomon Thomas is out there. He's kind of, you know, burnt toast at this point but I do think that there are some interesting players on the interior uh I do think that they have a shot at bringing back Derek Dotty just for the sake of familiarity and a good run stuffer Akeem Hicks and Calais Campbell are both out there both those guys interest me we know that even some of the best quarterbacks really struggle with interior pressure and as long as the Chiefs don't get this bright idea couldn't you just see them galaxy braining this and be like okay so we've got Akeem Hicks he's really good so we're going to play Chris Jones on the edge. So that way he's getting, he's going like, couldn't you just see them doing that shit all over again? Not again. So, um, you know, I, I could see either one of those guys coming. I, I know a lot of people think Clay's Campbell's done. I don't expect, you know, five, 10 sacks from him, but the guy is a really good clubhouse guy. He's a Walton, Walter Payton man of the year. He's, he's huge. He makes plays on special. I mean, he like blocked a kick this year. I, I could see that. And I also think that would, you know, if you tell me like, hey, they add Calais Campbell, then they go sign, you know, or Nadamika Sue is out there as well. They go add some guy on the inside who can kind of make a difference. You, 
you know, we haven't really talked about the Frank Clark thing, but they're basically paying league minimum to keep Frank Clark rather than to cut him because they were going to be paying about $12 million to cut him. And they can pay about $13 million to keep him. So at this point, it's like, might as well just keep a body for lack of a better term. But, um, you know, if they do that, bring back Melvin Gordon, draft someone at 30, I can start to see it a little bit. I'm not going to feel great about it because it's just the same group older with Calais Campbell and a rookie, but you can start to squint and see some improvement there. And also, you know, I think this is worth noting. The Chiefs are a defense that have always been built upon pass rush will help the safeties and the corners take over. And, you know, they've always not invested in corner because the pass rush wasn't there. Well, maybe we should stop trying to build this pass rush and start trying to build a coverage unit that can hold up for a little bit later. The Bills have been built back to front for quite some time. And same with the Ravens. Um, you know, there's Stephon Gilmore still out there. Casey Hayward Jr.'s had really good snaps. Bryce Callahan's out there. Patrick Peterson, they've been linked to several times. You know, there's a lot of players out there that um, they could add and kind of do what the Bengals did last year, where they threw numbers at the safe, at the secondary position. And, you know, obviously you brought up Tyron Matthew. I don't think they're going to do that. But they're, Kareem Jackson's a guy who's putting good snaps for the Broncos at times. Um, Jaquiski Tart was a 49er. He's like, he had that really bad dropped interception. But I do think that maybe this is the time that they can kind of pivot to how the roster is built a little bit and start focus on the secondary, whether it be through the draft or free agency. Um, but man, the one thing I just, and we've talked about already, I do not want to see the chiefs put some package together for some pass rusher that is on a team that's about ready to look for a new deal. I just do not think that is a path that they can go down at this time. Yeah. And, and I'll push back a little bit on that secondary idea. The thing is, is that with Chris Jones having the rushing style that he has, where he basically just chooses which gap to go down. I mean, you can align him in certain ways, but really his whole thing is he does not care about gap integrity when he's rushing the passer. That's why guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson always have hundred yard rushing games when they play against us. Like, and when the pocket breaks down, that's only going to increase. Like, and that's something that goes on. The, the longer the play goes, the more broken down the pocket gets, the more they can ad lib, which also put, puts pressure on your safeties and, and cornerbacks. So I really, I'm a firm believer in building from the lines out, but I don't think they can do that anymore. I, I don't think that's an option. I, who, who could you trade for outside of Danielle Hunter, who has a really, really bad cap number this year, like 27 million. And it, unless he restructures, he's also just coming off a of neck surgery. There's really nobody on the, the lines that you can do that with. I think you just have to go, let's, let's get a package and, and try to go up in the draft and get, Thibodeau or not Aiden Hutchinson because there's no way you'd get him but somebody one of those top three or four pass rushing guys that you think are just cannot miss prospects and trade a first round next year and try to go up and get them and then get depth in the draft like but then again the draft is is kind of a crapshoot anyway you're just throwing darts it's who knows what it will end up being but at this point I think that you have to stick to stick to your guns, stick to your game plan, which is build from the defensive line out and maybe grab a few complimentary pieces like Stefan Gilmore, like Patrick Peterson that can help you 
on the back end that maybe aren't going to be able to lock people down, but at least you can go, well, we're not starting Rashad Fenton on the outside with Snead. Like, at, at least we're not starting DeAndre Baker, who played at least decent last year. Like, those will at least give you camp bodies, give you somebody that can come in and, and give you meaningful reps. I just think at this point, we have to look at this team for what it is. And unfortunately, it looks like it's the second best team in the division, which is super unfortunate, but honestly, not that unexpected, especially when you consider that the Chargers have been a paper tiger for the past five years, and they finally got a quarterback worth a damn on his rookie deal and a left tackle on their rookie deal. Like, we all knew this day was kind of coming, right? They were they were looming in the back for, for a while. We just maybe didn't want to pay attention to them until last year when they took us to overtime. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. Trade, trade up. That's, that's my, my one piece of advice for the chiefs this offseason. trade up. Get a cheap and I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there because trading up there, what they need is they need, you know, what, what are some of the best things that they've come away from in the draft here lately? It's, you know, Nick Bolton, it's Creed Humphrey, two second round picks, Trey Smith, a six round pick. Um, you know, going back a couple of years, McCall Hardman picks, some of those picks, they need more of those picks. They need more of them. Brett Beach is starting to prove to be a decent drafter, which was a criticism of him recently. Then we need more picks, man. Trading up is not going to be the solution on that instant. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I think, I think one thing to just remember too, and I'm going to bring this comparison up. Probably my biggest takeaway from the Chiefs is I think, and I'm giving them permission, I'm not going, you know, people always get this impression that people are upset or that we're wringing our hands over things. This is kind of what I expected from the Chiefs. There for a while, after they had went to two consecutive Super Bowls, the question was, is this going to be a dynasty or not? The answer is no. Okay, I'm ready to call that right now. Because I do not think that the Chiefs are, you know, I, I'm not even sure you could call them a dynasty. If they go and win the next Super Bowl, it'd be a little challenging to call them a dynasty because, you know, they did lose the AFC Championship game, but it is the AFC Championship game. It'd be hard to call them a dynasty after two, two championships, four years apart, more or less. But, um, you know, the next question is, were they going to be the Patriots or were they going to be the 2012-2013 Seahawks in Right now, it's looking a lot more Seahawks, and that's okay. I mean, here's and what's not okay is how the Seahawks got sideways with Russell Wilson. In 2011, the Seahawks went seven and nine. That was the uh, the beast quake that that playoff game where they won and they had that really awesome run. After that, the year that Russell Wilson starts, eleven and five, they win the playoff game. They lose in the divisional round. 2013, win the Super Bowl. 2014, go to the Super Bowl. They just do halfback dive. They win that Super Bowl. You know, you could say that about the Chiefs. If the pass, if you know their pass protection was just healthy, they probably win that. After that, this is where I start thinking that we're getting into where the Chiefs are now. 10 and 6, win the wild card, lose in the divisional. 2016, 10-5 and 1, won the wild card, lost in the divisional. 2017, nine and seven, missed the playoffs. You know, like this is kind of where they're starting to head. And the way that their roster is built is getting pretty similar. And what the Chiefs need to make sure that they don't do 
is that they don't go and do something stupid and make a trade for a safety that can only play in the box and can't cover and trade to first. You know, those are some of the moves that have just absolutely killed. You know, they don't need to go. They've already done their Rashad Penny pick in drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round. But, you know, the situation's not great right now, but they certainly do not need to make it worse. And I think that, you know, I'm giving, as a fan of the Chiefs, I'm giving the Chiefs a little bit of a break and saying, not that they need my permission, just to be clear. I'm just saying, me as a fan, I'm not going to get mad if this year is a slight step back. I'm giving them permission to take a swat, a slight soft rebuild year here and get things settled. I think there's, you know, the Russell Wilson, the, the, the Broncos will have to pay Russell Wilson again. He's wanting extended. He said today he wants to play 10 to 12 more years, which is lofty. Um, he's going to get an extension. So he's not like right now, the Broncos are paying Russell Wilson like $24 million, which is pennies for a quarterback. He'll get an extension and they'll start having to pay him. Although the, you know, the Broncos window is wide open right now and the Chargers window is never going to be as open as it is right now. So maybe this is a year for the chiefs to, you know, I'm not saying that they need to tank. I'm not saying trade everyone, but you know, if this is a year that it's, you know, 10 and seven, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be mad because I think that this is kind of a kind of the time that they do need to get right with the cap, get right with their draft pick, maybe trade down or trade a player before he hits the end of their contract. That way they can try to maximize his value. Um, I, I really think that that's a solution to, you know, if we're talking, we're talking about a great run of the Chiefs, not just a little blip on the radar where they won the Super Bowl. If you want to make the Super Bowl not seem like a fluke, I think that's how it's done. And I know that I am not the GM of the Chiefs, but I do think that what they've been doing, they can't keep doing. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if that's the route that they that they decide to take um, during the season. But the thing is, is that the Chiefs are in this position and they've done a really, really good job of not extending old players. Like they cut Eric Fisher and they cut, just or not Justin Houston, um, the right tackle that I can't remember his name. Um, they, they cut those guys when they got old, they got injured because they were able to do that and not take a huge cap hit. Like they got rid of Justin Houston. They traded D Ford. They let Sammy Watkins walk. Like they, they're doing these things. They're letting Tyron Matthew walk. Like older players, they're, they're doing a great job of not making a bunch of Eric Berry contracts where You've got a guy who you don't know how long he's going to play for. And, you know, you don't know how long he's going to play for. And he's not going to be a huge dead cap hit in the near future, which, which is really good. That's a, that's a really smart way to go about doing things. The the problem that I have with, with how they've done this and, and why I think maybe a soft rebuild is, is a good idea is that whenever they draft, they're drafting great players they're not drafting great players at position like at positions that are highly valuable, if that makes any sense. So like, guess what? They drafted two really good linebackers. You want to know how much linebackers are worth in this league? Uh, Bobby Wagner is one of the best, one of them of all time. Still played really, really good last year. They cut him for cash base. Um, Anthony Hitchens, we paid him a whole bunch of money and he was, he was pretty good. Okay. How much better was the defense because he was there? I mean, schematically i mean you know uh mentality wise maybe they were a little bit better but it wasn't like it was a huge upgrade right guard center running back um safety like safety is not as an important 
it's not as important as at a position as you would want it to be. Like, it, it's not like cornerback where you can just have them one-on-one, go lock that guy down. Like, they're not drafting these highly valuable positions. And now we're in a position where all we need are the most valuable positions. We, you know what we need? We need a left tackle. So we'll go trade for him. You know what? We need a, a wide receiver. Well, I guess we'll sign one in free agency where it's going to cost us an arm and a leg. Okay, well, now we need a cornerback. Okay, well, we're, we're going to have to pay him. Snead is really good. He might be a really, really good number one. Who do you have else? Like defensive line. We have Chris Jones. Well, we better go trade. We got we to gotta trade for Frank Clark. And, that, and now we're in a position where we have Mike Dana is going to be our starting right defense event. Like there's a, we're in a position here where all of our most important needs are going to cost us a bunch of money in the free agency and, and trade market. And maybe taking a year off is, I mean, I would prefer that we didn't, but it might make sense to do that. It might make sense to, to draft some of those important positions and then, you know, maybe go 10 and seven, maybe go 12 and five. And then this upcoming season, you've got some better draft positions. You're, you're, you're drafted a little bit higher up in the draft and you can get maybe your second or third cornerback on the board in the first round. Maybe you can go and get the, the first or set or not first, but maybe third or fourth best defensive end in the draft and, you know, try to make a play for that. But Man, I just this year, it just seems like it's not meant to be. But I just keep coming back to why are we waiting? Why why haven't we done all these things? And it might be because they're taking that same strategy. So who knows, Price? You might be a, ahead of the curve on this one. Hopefully they've got a plan. Yeah, and, and I do believe that Brett Beach has a plan. I don't think that again, I I hopefully I haven't tweeted this out. I'll have to go through and look. I may have panic tweeted something, but I don't think that. Brett Beach is an idiot. I don't think that they're stupid. I think that the Chiefs have just had a really rough string of luck when it comes to players and movement and contracts. And I think they've, you know, they've just kind of been losing out here lately. All right. Last question before we hop off today. If you could have the Chiefs sign one player in free agency right now, who would it be? That is a tough one. I'm probably split between Allen Robinson and and Julio Jones at this point. Oh, dude, no, 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 (laughs) no, stop, stop. He's your favorite player, Price, come on. Julio, baby, he's only More expensive, because he will be, because of who he is, more expensive Sammy Watkins. That's that's, that's your number one. Oh Come my on. God, dude, Sammy, Sammy Watkins looks like an Iron Man compared to Julio Jones. Come on, bro. No, Julio at least has some left in the tank, I think. So yeah, if we brought him last back. Last year, it was, it was one touchdown. Deal. This year, it was a half a yeah, touchdown. Ryan Tannehill throwing to him. Doesn't matter who's throwing him. AJ Brown matter who's throwing him the ball in the training room. He played oh 10 my. games, including the playoffs. I think Julio Jones on like a lower level contract would be a pretty good addition. I think that we could rotate him in. He doesn't have to play every single snap. He can come in, be a really, really good player that can give us Sammy Watkins type production. And Allen Robinson, at that point, you're just swinging for the fence. So if if you're going to not sign anybody, excuse me, on defense, hell yeah, make the best offense the, the league has ever seen. Sign Lyle Collins, sign Allen Robinson. And... Honestly, Tyron Matthew at this point 
I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't love if he came back, but it, it seems like that's getting to be more and more of a, an option the Chiefs could pursue possibly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, you, you did take mine with Allen Robinson. I, you know what, man, if I could, if I could have anything, like if I could pick, predict how this is, I would just want, you know, it, it kind of happened today with the Bills where it's like, oh, and the Bills are done. They're signing OJ Howard too. I just want that to be the Chiefs, but with offense. I just want it to be like the Chiefs are signing Allen Robinson and they signed Odell Beckham Jr. And they're signing Cordero Patterson. Like, or something like that. And I know, like, signing a runner, running back who's in his 30s, but I think that he could be a cool piece in this offense. I, you know what, if they're, if they're going to continue to do this all in stuff, I, that would be cool. I, you know, I would like to see them do that. Um, in recent news, Chris Godwin just signed, uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted a minute ago that uh, Chris Godwin just reached a deal with the Bucks. It's a three year, $60 million that includes 40 million guaranteed. Um, Chris Godwin is not Terry Kill breaking but that's 20 per a year so I think you know the 21 million per a year is probably where Kyrie Kill is going to get signed oh you and, think it's going to be that cheap well so I think it'll be 24 25 in, oh, in all honesty I, I, I don't think I don't think that will be I mean they there was a tweet today from Rappaport that they were looking at a deal to pay him on average 20 million dollars a year I think I think he'll come in around 21. That's usually how these deals to go. Then occasionally you get someone, you know, the Laramie Tunsil deal was like this a couple of years ago, where it was like five million more than the next deal. But I think I think it's just important for the Chiefs to get that deal done before Devontae Adams deal, um, for obvious reasons. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I think this is it. I think we're gonna call it a podcast at this point. Uh, the sky is not falling. You do not have to burn your jerseys. Uh, you still have a lot to look forward to as far as the Chiefs go and they will make some good moves but there is reason to be frustration and just know why we're here because we've had a lot of good times in the past and uh we appreciate you guys listening Christian is there anything that you would like to pump before we leave um 2020 true NFL draft guide coming out 2022 NFL draft guide coming out uh sometime in April before the draft uh, we're still kind of working on the logistics but it should be really, really good. We're going to have probably around 200 or 300 prospects. So we have a Christian, lot of fun. Do you yep. guys break down? And this is, this is my question for you. Do you guys break down all the players, despite whether Casey is going to be drafting them or have a chance to draft at them? Like for instance, Aiden Hutchinson might be one, one. Do you guys break down Aiden hates Hutchinson or do you guys just focus on chiefs guys? No, we go through the, the whole bunch. We go through top 20, top 30, sometimes top 40 picks uh, that we have on our board uh, for each position. So yeah, it can, it can get tedious. There's, there's a whole lot of players that have no business going where the chiefs are going to be drafting, but we thought that about Creed Humphrey last year and we ended up getting him. We thought he was a, a upper second round pick fell all to, all the way to us at whatever it was, 60, 62, 60, 61. Around so, there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we go all over. We, we awesome. get everybody. Well, we'll be sure to pump that out from the Arrowhead Live main account and our own personal accounts wherever the draft guide is available. But for now, this is at Price A. Carter. Price Carter signing off on Not Just Another Sports Podcast. And it is Christian at CBreezy underscore edits. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yep. Have a good week, guys.